Hello everyone, welcome to another episode of Chai with Sahai. Sahai is a mental health advocacy organization dedicated to spreading awareness and destigmatizing mental health. I'm your host Shruti Devan and today we have a very special guest Kritika Dutt, a health coach, personal trainer and a mental health advocate. She works as a coach and a trainer at her studio Osmosis in Bangalore. We're so glad to have you on the podcast today. Could you give a brief introduction about yourself as well as the work you do? Yes. Hi, Shruti. So as you mentioned, I'm a coach and personal trainer and I am really passionate about mental health uh, and I'm really excited to be here and have this conversation with you. I have been working in this field now for almost about close to 10 years and um, over the years, obviously, I have working with like hundreds of clients um, in a few different countries. I've realized how important mental health is and how deeply connected it is to our health and well-being, even our physical well-being. And that's why I work in the space of physical well-being, but uh, keeping mental health at the center of everything I do. Um, I guess a little bit about myself. I moved to Bangalore about two years ago in 2020 when my beloved father was uh, diagnosed with terminal cancer. And uh, I was living in, in Dubai at that point. And um, it was in the middle of COVID, uh, June 2020, when we were at the peak of the pandemic. And um, yeah, when he was diagnosed, and it was, um, you know, we found out that it was terminal. I decided to pack up my life in Dubai and move back uh, to be with him and my family. And then we lost him 10 months later, which was last year. And then in that time, I kind of, um, obviously with the pandemic happening, it wasn't like there was huge, much of a choice, but I also kind of decided that I wanted to make Bangalore my home base and so yeah I started uh, sort of building my life here and uh, now a year later I am here I live in Bangalore and I work as a coach and trainer at my studio and uh, yeah I'm so sorry to hear that like I can't even imagine how hard that must have been but the way you just transformed that and you know just started living in Bangalore and made Bangalore as your like hub for your career is just like commendable so um, I'm so glad that you did that. Um, but, <laughs> I am too. Yeah, but talking more about that, how did you deal with the loss of your father? Yeah, I think I will start with even before I lost my father. I think one yeah. of the things that um, a lot of people that have lost um, people to things like, you know, any terminal disease is even before the actual loss, you know, there is a huge aspect of anticipatory loss. Yeah. And I want to bring this up because it's so important and it's such a big thing and it often gets missed in conversation is that the, from the moment you find out that someone you love is dying or, you know, that they, they're struggling with, suffering with something that's um, terminal, I think there's, you know, the loss starts that day and it almost is uh, in many ways 
as hard, if not harder sometimes than the actual loss, because with the actual loss, there is this aspect of finality and you kind of deal with it. Um, at least that was obviously my experience. And I know that everybody's experience of grief is different. So it's not the same for everyone. But in my case, I, I, when I look back, I think the aspect of anticipatory loss of sort of waking up every morning and not knowing what's going to happen and not knowing when it's going to, you know, when that, their time will come or not knowing how long you have left with them. And, um, you know, every single time they get sick or they, you know, something happens, not knowing if this is going to be it. I think that anxiety and loss for me personally was almost as hard. So I think the loss or the grief started two years ago. And of course the, um, um, you know, there's, there's this element where, especially when you see someone you love suffer and, you know, kind of almost disappear in front of your eyes when it comes to things like cancer or, you know, diseases that are so hard. Um, when the person finally passes away, I think there's also an element of relief for the end of their suffering. Um, yeah. You know, so grief is a very, very complex conversation. And, uh, as we've spoken before, I, I do like talking about it because I think I can put words to a lot of things that a lot of people struggle to put words to when it comes to grief, because it is such an emotional experience. And as a writer and as someone that processes by talking and writing, I think, you know, I'm one of those people that can put words to a very, very difficult experience. And yeah, it's very complex because when someone, when someone is suffering, you also want to save them, you know, and sometimes the saving yeah. only comes from them passing away. And I think it can also feel very helpless, right? Because you don't know what you, you know, you can't do anything about it. And so you just have to, all you can do is support them. So it's an incredibly lonely journey for them as well. And then when it comes to grief, it's an incredibly lonely journey for you to go through the whole phase of grief. People can support you and be there for you, but that's all they can do. You still have to do all the work with emotions and all of that on your own. Yeah, I think it's the loneliest emotional experience I've ever had to go through because even when your close family and people that have experienced the same loss of the same person will experience it in different ways because everybody's relationship is different. Everybody's um, way of processing difficult emotions is different. You know, some people um, are people you know they process internally some people need more support on the outside and and so you know and for me starting therapy straight after my father died was like one of my massive survival tools and working through it was I knew I guess because I also work in this space and I know and I value it's so much that it was obviously easier to reach out and connect because I know um, that that you know what the value of that is and I and you know I think for me something that um, was really uh, what do you call it something that was very obvious right from the start was that because I was so 
close to my father and he was one of the closest people to me in the world or maybe the closest person to me in the world um i was never going to get over it like i was never going to grief was never going to not be a part of my life so i realized that if it was going to be a part of my life for years to come mm-hmm. I, my, i you know it's in my interest and everybody that is around me is in interest to learn to carry it lightly and to carry it in a way where i can work through it because i it, i knew right from the start that it, it wasn't going to be that i was there was going to be a day where i would just be over it so i was you know i was aware that the only way i'm going to still be able to continue doing what i want to do and and building a life and all of that will be by getting the support that i need so that i can carry it carry it lightly or as lightly as possible for years to come Yeah for sure and i think that must have been incredibly hard to deal with in the beginning right just the process of grief because i'm sure it must also be new to you um and you might have been figuring out how to deal with it and what to do about it so what was that process like Yeah i think for me i have known grief in other ways because i do believe that you know since we are having this conversation of grief here uh, it's not just grief we don't experience grief just when someone dies yeah i think there are many instances in life and there are there are some very big instances in life which can lead to a lot of grief and sometimes um uh, you know for me i had gone through a divorce um 6 years prior so for me i think i had known grief because i had uh very closely dealt with that when my marriage ended as well um uh, because right. it, you know when a life with someone ends and a marriage ends there's a lot of grief about the future that you may have imagined or the life that you may have imagined or you know the person that you um lose and everything else that comes with it the families that you you know were a part mm. of and then so i have known grief intimately i have also gone through career transitions where you know i've gone through a lot of identity uh crises and i've gone through a lot of those kind of experiences not a lot but like more than once in my life gone through crises yeah. where everything like my life as i knew it was kind of um you know over so i had to start over uh and that involves a lot of grief you know when your whole identity um is up in the air and you don't know who you like you know it's hard to kind of know who you are when you go through these kind of big life transitions like career transitions and divorces and death so i think grief is a very big conversation and death is obviously it's seen as the main, like the main event that leads to grief but i think yeah. a lot of us if we look deeper into our lives we'll see that many many times in our lives the hardest points of our lives have been when we have actually been grieving something whether it's a breakup or a divorce or a end of a career or you know moving countries or losing friendships or losing people to that you know there's a lot of grief grief is a part of life and it, it and it comes in many shapes and forms but yes as far as you know grief as working through uh when my father died was extremely hard um in fact it was you know it was maybe it was for us because it was in conjunction with the pandemic it was almost yeah slightly i mean there was obviously a lot of very hard things because of the pandemic that we went through as a family and anybody that has again gone through anything medically during the pandemic will know how hard it was just because of the restrictions and the and the all of those things but also in a way um 
you know, none of us were really working that much. None of us were really going out of the house. So in a way, we went into lockdown, actually. The second wave lockdown happened 10 days after my father died. So it was oh pretty God. much like that happened. And then everybody, the whole, the, whole, the whole country went into a lockdown. So it was even lonelier than it was. Yeah, be. you must have had to sit with your emotions all alone and like not do day-to-day work. Just like, you know, because the whole world had literally stopped for a bit which must have been so much more harder. I can't even imagine. But um, did the way you dealt with grief gradually change over time, like as it passed by? Um, I think grief definitely evolves as time goes. It changes shape. I think in the beginning, it was just, you know, what what is staring you in the face is the loss is the person just not being a part of your life anymore from one day to another. And that is obviously very, very confronting and very lonely and, and very hard. But in as, as, um, as time goes, maybe that sort of, that, that loss from one day to another of not having the person, you get, you become more and more used to it. But then I think secondary grief is, you know, another part of grief that is is um is not as spoken about because again it's like uh, you know just as an example as you know I recently opened my studio and perhaps it's one of my you know biggest one of the biggest things that's happened in my life in a very long time in terms of you know externally in terms of uh, moving forward in my life and and uh, not being able to share it with the person that you know uh, would have been the first person to be a part of that yeah. and not being able to celebrate it um it's that is you know that's like the kind of secondary grief that it's not the person uh, you know you you you've learned to deal with the loss of the person but then it's like all of those losses every single milestone in your life or every single success or or low point in your life you w- won't have them around yeah so i think that's the small uh, moments that become yeah it's milestones and dates and festivals and you know all of the things that you've spent your entire life maybe but again you know I'm talking in reference to the loss of a parent yeah uh, again losses can be you know within different relationships Um, for me personally it was you know all of those milestones birthdays and and Christmases and and all the successes and and all of those and then so that yeah it doesn't stop you know, it kind of evolves and changes shape and form. Yeah, for sure. And it does not definitely get easier. It always just, you just learn to live with it and move forward from that, right? You learn to live with it. You learn to manage it. You learn to manage your emotions. Hopefully if you've, you know, reached out for support and and you have people, friends, family, you know, therapists, coaches supporting you, then yeah. I guess you... you know, you learn to but like like I said you know earlier that for me it was fairly obvious that it wasn't going to be something that would just stop one day or something yeah. that I would get over it would always have to be something that I'd learned to live with as gracefully and as lightly as possible yeah so um how did grief change your perspective on life I'm sure obviously it had a big impact as we've been talking for the past sometime but what what changes did you see in the way you looked at life like after that incident yeah I think 
one of the biggest ones was that I feel like, you know, depth or the prospect or even the prospect of depth is so confronting in terms of just um, realizing how fragile life is. And when we confront our own mortality or the mortality of our loved ones, it does give you, a, you know, a, a slight sort of, you know, you do, it's more sort of, um, what's the word? It's more obvious that how, yeah. you know, how quickly things can change. You know, my, like in my case, my father went from being healthy, no health issues, nothing to one day being diagnosed with terminal cancer and being gone in 10 months. Um, so I think uh, it's definitely made me more present in life in terms of, you know, and, and, and present for the ups and the downs in life because I realize how, yeah, how fragile all of it is. So I think the biggest impact has been um, being more grateful and, and, and being more present for yeah. my life. I feel like I'm a lot more present now for all the different aspects, whether it's relationships or it's my work or it's whatever it is that I um, choose to do in life, just being more present for that. Um, and I think that has, um, yeah, experiencing depth has definitely made that uh, that sort of happen. And yeah, for me, I think it makes you realize that like life and moments are so fleeting. So you should be present in them while you can be, which is so true. Yeah. And how, you know, how quickly things can change. Yeah. You know, and, um, so appreciating the things that you do have you know whether it is yeah so I think yeah, that for has sure. been, and that has had and that's been the gift in many ways of grief is this is because I feel like my quality of life and the kind of relationships I want to build with people that are in my life are more genuine are more authentic are more um, are, are more real and more yeah I'm able to be more present for them yeah, more power to you for that. Oh, thank you. <laughs> um, okay, so while we're talking about grief, what do you think are some common misconceptions people have about grief? And what would you have to say about them? I think one of the things that <laughs> misconceptions or you know maybe lack of awareness that people have about grief is that Sometimes we do think that the actual, like I said, anticipatory loss is sometimes harder. And in the time since, you know, I, 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 my father got sick and I started dealing with this, I have been a part of lots of groups and, and, and conversations around grief. And I have had this conversation with other people as well on how, for example, huge anticipatory loss is and um, or how secondary grief is sometimes can also be harder than the initial loss you know like I said that when yeah. someone actually you know when someone is suffering and they die or you know something or something some like you're going through a life transition or you go through a divorce there's sometimes in the beginning there's an element of relief because mm -hmm. you have you know you're on the other side of something that's difficult so there's an element but then as life starts going on people maybe it's hard to remember that people that are grieving or are going through these kind of life transitions and dealing with death and all of that need ongoing support. It's not just, um, you know, their mental health will maybe be compromised as much 
when they are going through a happy milestone. Yeah. Uh, because grief is so on the surface when you are because you realize what you're missing and uh you know so i think that is something that people don't always understand when it comes to the mental health impact of grief and how ongoing it can be yeah and i think they also don't realize that it's it is like you said it's always going to be a part of you so that makes you more aware of when like it makes you more anxious that these kind of things might happen in the future as well so like you said i think constant support is very important it's not just while the incident happened but just checking in after like even long after the incident has happened i think is so important right yeah i think as far as mental health and emotional well-being is concerned it's it is something that is um that is way more prolonged than it yeah. looks at the surface you know? yeah so um what is moving forward from grief mean to you it's a big one <laughs> <laughs> i think um you like i said you kind of never get over grief you know in many ways you learn to live with it you learn to manage your emotions you hopefully get support and have tools and practices that you can you know uh, use when the waves come or when things feel really hard and all of that but at the same time for me um personally it's you know a huge part of it has been staying present you know about for what life has to offer you being mm. grateful for even the smallest of things which has made it yeah made my quality of life and my relationships um more meaningful and also in many ways it's and i think this one is not very general okay because it depends on the relationships but for me it was personally on a very personal level it was about keeping my father alive in whatever way i can um by talking about him and by making him a part of my life as much as possible and um and for me because i think my father played such a critical role in my um in me pursuing my dreams and pursuing what i wanted to achieve in life because he was such a supporter in all of those things he was you know he was a very uh he was someone that always went after what he wanted in life he wasn't you know he didn't live a life of compromise and that's kind of what he passed on to me so i think for me it was about keeping that alive um yeah by continuing to live in a way that would make him proud yeah that sounds so wonderful and I, i'm just i just want to say i like this takes so much courage to do just talk about such a hard phase in your life and just somebody that you love so much and and i just want to say you you are so strong and you have so much courage to be doing this i'm just like uh, i'm so glad that you're doing this thank you so much for doing this no, not at all it's my pleasure i think 
that's been a part of it as well. I think for me is being able to, like I said, put words to a lot of these very difficult experiences that sometimes can be really hard for people. Uh, you know yeah and, uh, and i think you're so good at it just like putting word like you're so articulate with whatever you say it it just i think anyone that is also going through this and listening to this right now might um be able to totally relate and you know they probably will be thinking this is what exactly what i'm feeling how how are you saying it out loud so i think it's just so wonderful that you have such uh, an articulate mind in a way that you can portray these emotions in a way like this and i think the thing that you said about um you know using whatever your father has helped you with your just like keeping his legacy is something that is very important to you i think that's such a um positive and like very grateful way to look at something that is so um dark like grief right i think that is something that you have done so well which is really commendable oh thank you yeah, that means a lot <laughs> yeah <laughs> so um what are some things that help you or have helped you cope with your grief like was there anything that was very effective that you would like to share with anyone that is also going through a similar experience um I think I mean I would always say therapy has been hugely you know powerful for me to be able to work through um you know I have spent many many hours in therapy just sitting and crying about you know all of these things and that was really powerful and cathartic but I also want to acknowledge that you know therapy is not always available and accessible for everyone you know and, and especially in these difficult times when they're going through stuff like this in their life so I think anything that helps any tool whether it is meditation whether it's talking to someone whether it's talking to a loved one or a friend or it's um you know spending time by yourself or um anything that helps you connect to yeah. yourself uh you know any tool that helps you connect to yourself because at the end of the day you know grief or you know these very hard emotions they live in your body so mm. whether it is you know uh, moving your body in ways that help you release the pain that you know grief can often um have that you ca- carry with you when you are grieving when you're going through anything like this um anything that helps you connect to yourself can be powerful because you know as a mental health and emotional well-being advocate and as a coach one of the things that i know is that it's really hard to deal with these emotions so you know it's very normal for a lot of people to want to kind of you know jump back into work or distract themselves with other things or you know rather not go there because it's so painful yeah. and i get that but um i know from a professional and a personal you know from from professional and personal experience i know that working through these emotions does make it uh eat, like you know in the long run it actually has a much more powerful impact than suppressing or uh, not working through them and yeah. i think it's part of you know but again like i said different people need different kinds of support and ways that they use to work through these emotions but anything that helps you and like really you know connect to your emotions and process them because grief can you know it lives in your body it lives within you and 
if we don't process and don't find ways to work through these difficult emotions, then they do come out in other ways and they do impact our life mental, you know, and our mental health and emotional well-being. Yeah, and I think taking the time out to process these emotions instead of just burying them so that they'll come out in worse ways later on is such an important part of moving forward, right? Just because if we don't process them, then there'll always be something that um, will trigger them and then it might come out in ways that may not be as pretty as you know, we would like it to be. And it might cause even more impact on our lives. So I think just taking time out to deal with it and process it is extremely important. Yeah, yeah. And I think finding ways that help you connect to that in a way that is safe for you, in a way that is not overwhelming, but in a way that, you know, you can manage um, can be really, really powerful in working through grief. Yeah, Or any sort of emotion for that matter. (laughs) Yeah. So like you mentioned in the beginning that um, you were first working in Dubai and when you heard the news, you um, packed up your whole life and came back to Bangalore and um, you had to start your whole career again over here, right? So um, what was that like starting over from the beginning again? Yeah, another great question. I think um, for me, I've had a few kind of start overs in life. So it wasn't the first time where I had to like restart my life. Uh, um, But obviously this time it was different because we were dealing with the pandemic and uh, you know, I am not actually from Bangalore. So I had no friends, you know, I, my family was here whilst my dad was sick. And, but after he passed away, my family also kind of went back. We are from, you know, up north in Delhi and Lucknow. So I was sort of, you know, but I had, like I said, made a decision that I was going to stay in Bangalore and, and explore, uh, you know, what a life here could look like for me because, um, I don't know, I just had a good feeling about being here. And, yeah. um, so I think for me, again, I can talk to this, you know, from a personal perspective and from my own experience, but also as a coach, I think, because I do work with people going through transitions. And um, and so one of the things that I have learned over a couple of different transitions in my life um, is that, you know, sometimes when we get an opportunity to start over or we almost have a blank slate, that can be very, very daunting you know it can be very very scary to have to start over in life because um yeah there's 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 so much unknown there's so much so much other stuff that comes with it but for me I've kind of trained myself to look at a blank slate as also an opportunity to recreate a life that is even more uh, aligned to who you are Um, and who you've become through these experiences in life so for me I think it was really um, it was you know there was there was a level of excitement about having an opportunity to rebuild my life in a way that felt even more aligned with who I have now become after going through the death of my father and and uh, you know looking after a terminally ill person you know those kind of things really change you they change a lot of your values in life they they change how you look at life and how you look at relationships and you know all of those things so actually getting an opportunity to rebuild on based off of all of those you know uh things was uh, was 
for me, it turned out to be really, uh, you know, worked out well because mm-hmm. I could look at it that way. And I think that's where our mindset plays a really important role is that we can look at transitions and life changes as really scary things that can be very intimidating and daunting, but we can also look at it with a level of excitement that we get an opportunity to restart and create things in a way that feel more like our own. So yeah. I think that was a foundational mindset that I brought or I was able to because of my previous experiences and, and my work being able to, to rebuilding my life from scratch here in Bangalore. Yeah, it totally feels like a second chance almost to just change things that maybe you weren't happy with or um, to, like you said, live a life that feels more true and right to what your purpose after grief is, right? Because I think before that and after that, there might have been so many changes, like you said. Now your goal was more aligned to being present in the moment and appreciating people and things as they come along and go and maybe... I think in a way that might have been a blessing in disguise to just reevaluate what your purpose really is and to build a life that feels more right in that sense right now to you, right? So I think that really worked out well for you, like you said. Yeah, I think, I think bringing that mindset to it really helped that, you know, it wasn't, and not focusing on all the things that I had lost, but all the things that, you know, I could gain from rebuilding a life. And to me, a lot of that was about just building a life that felt truer to me and who, like you said, who I'd become through that experience of losing my father and, uh, you know, the pandemic and everything that happened in those last, you know, that everybody had gone through in those, in in the last couple of years. Um, and that meant that the life that I have now been able to build over this next, this last year, um, ha- feels more like more aligned to me than any other version of my life ever has. Because I think I could bring in that intention and presence to, um, yeah, this time around. That sounds so perfect and so wonderful. <laughs> um, but like in these stages right like when you're going through these big transitions in life it can also feel like you don't know where to start like how do you start building your life again after whatever has happened how do you make peace and decide that if even if you do decide that this is what you want to do how do you start what what was your motivator to start and how did you decide that you wanted to just start and how did you actually get that into action I think something that I've always um kind of I've always approached every change with and I also coach people through this is that when we're going through really big transitions and we're going through big things in life expecting to have clarity of the bigger picture you know, and all the steps can be really daunting. So for me, I always will say that start with the one step that is ahead of you, whatever that looks like, whether that is just being able to pull yourself to go to therapy, you know, that could be your next step if you feel like restarting or starting over is so daunting, or it Mm. could be, um, you know, getting... For me, the very next step 
um, after my dad died uh, was I remember that 10 days after his death, after his funeral, I had already found a place of my own to move into because oh, wow. for me, yeah, so for me, and then the lockdown happened two days after I signed the contract, so I couldn't <laughs> move for a month after oh, no. because I, was, uh, I couldn't physically move. But to uh, me, the next step was before anything was to get my own place uh, because I knew that from there, you know, the next step would become obvious and then the next step. So I think when things are really big and we're going through these big life transitions, the, the easiest way is to just focus on the very next step that's ahead of you and that's it because every step opens up new doors and and the, and the clarity for the step ahead comes from taping taking the step before that so yeah. expecting to have clarity on the third step or the fourth step ahead mm-hmm. um, is not sometimes not possible without taking the very next step that's ahead of you and for me, it's always been one foot in front of the other and one step, you know, one step at a time. And that has now a year later brought me to a place where I have a full practice and my own studio and all of that. But none of this, none of this could I have ever, ever imagined, even in my wildest dreams a year ago in yeah. April 2021, when I was just moving into my own little apartment in Bangalore. That that just seems so much growth to me, like not knowing where you would have been and coming such a far, like, you know, such a long way is just amazing. Like, I'm so glad that, you know, you, you could come out of that and just start your life over because like I said, I think it takes incredible amount of strength and courage to big do that again and like, I think you have done it multiple times in your life and to just think that okay this is again I'm having to do it it could either go in a way where you think oh my god like how is this happening again or like this is like the third time or the fourth time I'm doing it or it could also be like okay this is like the third time I'm getting to change my life around which seems great you know so I think that perspective shift is very important I think that's what kind of enables me you know that perspective that mindset was what helped me um, bring the kind of energy that I needed to bring to building my life was I had no choice. I had to look at it with, um, you know, as a new beginning, as an opportunity, like I said, to rebuild a life that felt more like my own than versions that I had lived before. And perhaps, you know, chance to, yeah, recreate certain things in ways that were more aligned with who I had become after all of those experiences yeah so um to wrap everything up where are you currently um like from a mental space point of view and how have you been doing how is it now like are you after what are your thoughts on everything and how are you mentally yeah, I think, you know, um, grief, grief ebbs and flows. It definitely, like I said, changes form, shape, shows up in different ways. I definitely have more tools to deal with the emotions, the difficult emotions and the pain when it surfaces. I am less overwhelmed by it or I can, you know, continue functioning in a more sort of... Uh, um, 
it, it, yeah, just continue functioning better. Mm -hmm. But I think, you know, I do have to still consciously make space to work through it when it comes up. Uh, you know, one of the toughest parts of this last one year actually has been very recently when I felt grief very at the surface of, um, you know, because of these amazing things that I'm going through, because I really feel the, the, the you know, I miss my father. I miss being able to share this with him. I miss being able to miss him being a part of this or being able to call him and ask him about, you know, what should I get or what, you know, furniture I should get or, you know, any of those things, the little things that I would, would have consulted him and, you know, his opinion would have been the most important to me. So I think if you are working through grief, then, make space for it when it comes up and honor it, you know, and, and allow yourself to feel the emotions. And um, I think that allows you to keep moving forward because you keep working on it in real time and uh, making space for it in your life. And I think for me, that has been a huge part of this phase of my life where now it's you know it comes up and i kind of try and do my best to honor it and, and work through it as and when i need to and i guess i will yeah. continue as life goes on yeah i'm so glad to hear that you're doing so much better now and just like doing such wonderful things in life you just bought your own studio it just i i first of all congratulations for that <laughs> <laughs> thank you so um yeah is there anything you would like to say to anyone that's listening to this and also going through um, or experiencing grief or just going through, um, you know, the loss of a loved one or any sort of grief in any way? Is there anything that you would like to say to them? Yeah, I guess honor it, you know, um, that is the human experience. Um, you know, grief is a part of life and and if you can as much as you can because i know that you know everybody has different levels of support and and tools and 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 practices available to them but to whatever extent you can sit with it and honor it and let it do its thing um you know allow that process to take place if you can uh, in a way that feels safe and, and, you know, for you. Uh, but I think grief can be extremely powerful in bringing you closer to yourself and, and you know, showing you what's important. And, and, and if we can just, but sometimes we need to honor the really difficult parts mm -hmm. of it to be able to get that clarity. And um, yeah, allowing ourselves to go through that process can be really transformational and life-changing. And honoring that pain can be really powerful and life-changing as well. Yeah, very rightly said. Um, yeah, I think that's about it. Let's wrap up this episode. It was so inspiring and hopeful to just listen to your story. And I'm sure a lot of people found comfort in whatever you had to say today. So um, thank you so much for doing this with us. And um, it was really, truly 
honorable for us to have you here on our podcast um yeah we wish you all the best and um thank hope you that... it's been a really yeah and Sorry. hope that <laughs> no i was just going to say and hope that you'll um you know you'll reach great successes in life and that's all i wish for you is just love luck and happiness oh thank you it was a real pleasure i mean i'm yeah like you said you know i i'm really honored to be here and share this with uh, you and your listeners and and i do hope that even if one person gets some you know support or yeah just validation of their experience from what i've shared today then it'll all be worth it so thank you and thank yeah. you for your patience and your support i really appreciate it of course um i'm sure many people will um but yeah thank you i hope you have a lovely evening okay thank you <laughs> bye